What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Engage 8 Podcast. I'm your host, Zach, with my two co-hosts, Josh and Mike. Uh, in this episode, episode number 26, I believe, we're going to be recapping all of week 10, except for the Sunday night game and Monday night game. And we're recording during the Sunday night game, as always. So if the game finishes relatively close to when we're done uh, recapping everything else, we might throw that in there. If not, we'll get in the next episode. You want to get us started with some Thursday night, Josh? I will. Uh, Thursday night football, Ravens defeat the Bengals. This is a game that we very much hoped would be the best Thursday night football game of the year and just a very entertaining game overall. And sadly, that was not the case as it ended up being the end of the season, probably for Mark Andrews and definitely the end of the season for Joe Burrow. So it's just really sad to see that a game that we all highly anticipated and were excited to watch turned out to be some of the best players in the league seasons ending. And for the Bengals, probably their whole team season ending. Um, Injuries just really suck and it's part of the game, but you hate to see it derail full seasons. Um, It was a good win for the Ravens, though, uh, overall, just because you can't – a lot of emotions are in that game. There's always an opportunity where the backup can come in and catch lightning in a bottle and take you by surprise because you don't expect much when the other team's starting quarterback goes down. The Ravens didn't let that happen. They took control of the game. And after Joe Burrow went down, it was all Ravens. So they keep that lead in the division, strong lead now. Uh, We'll talk about the Browns and the Steelers in a little bit here. But the Bengals season most likely over unless they strike lightning in a bottle. And I guess that reopens the window for teams like the Bills and maybe the Colts even. So we'll see how that goes. But good one for the Ravens, I guess. Yeah, the rest of the AFC wildcard race is definitely going to get interesting because of the unfortunate mishaps with the Bengals. But outside of the injury to Burrow, they really just could not stay on the field on third down. They were two for 11 throughout the entire game. And Jamar Chase only had two two catches the entire game, which was really unfortunate, one of which was that late touchdown. So it sucks to see that it sucks that we won't be able to see the Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase connection anymore this year. But on the Ravens side of things, their defense took advantage of a backup quarterback being in, didn't allow too many points. Uh, they were able to run the ball really well. And Lamar, he took care of the ball. He didn't turn it over. No interceptions, no fumbles. Uh, Gus Edwards found the, the end zone twice. So like you said, Josh, good win for the Ravens to stay ahead of this division. Yeah, good win for the Ravens. Joe Burrow, like you guys both said, done for the season. And We'll talk about the Browns later, but unlike the Browns, this team doesn't have maybe the best defense in the NFL. This game had a lot of injuries. Uh, Mark Andrews, like you said, the hip drop tackle claims another victim. Uh, the should it be banned, people are out. We saw it in college football on Saturday with Jordan Travis. Sadly, we'll talk about that on Tuesday, but just really sad to see one of the best tight ends in the NFL and one of the best quarterbacks both go down in the same game. Lamar got banged up. Uh, Odell got banged up. Just a lot of injuries. Uh, They always say MetLife Stadium causes the most injuries, but I feel like, I mean, the Ravens are always hurt. M&T Bank Stadium has to be up there for the most injuries because just every time there's a game, you feel like you see something. But Odell, he had a good game up until the injury, 100-yard regular season game, his first time getting that since 2019. And Lamar, he had a solid game, Uh, did what he had to. Nice one for the Ravens to stay in first in the division. Yeah, I remember when all like the ratings of like all the like ticket sales and all that and uh, training staffs came out. I think that was this offseason. I remember the Ravens having an F for training staff or something like that. So they got some issues they have to resolve down there, but or up there, I guess. But uh, moving on here, Bears at Lions, uh, 
for a large portion of this game, I thought I was going to have to get on here and give a very short spiel and then let have Zach let me hear it. But the Lions escape in a game that they definitely should not have won. They played pretty poorly for all but the last few minutes of both halves. They had a good drive uh, at the end of the first half to put them up. And it looked at that point that the Lions just had to execute on offense and they were going to be okay. They did not execute on offense. They ended up punting. And then the Bears scored, and then they had a fumble off the kick return. Goff threw another pick, and it was just really kind of a poor day for Goff overall. As I, in the moment, I was pretty pissed off at Goff. Even after the game, I was pretty pissed off. But now that I've had a few hours to reflect, these picks were not all entirely his fault. The first pick was half his fault, half a play where Laporta just gets runs into a defender. It would, would have been called illegal contact if it was on the other side of the ball but it was not called legal contact regardless of intent. And that was a pick. The second pick was a horrible read by golf. That one's hundred percent on him. The third pick apparently got tipped. I didn't see that live. I didn't think it got tipped. I didn't see it live either. The ball didn't look like it was like, it wasn't like didn't completely change direction. So it might not have been crazily tipped, but that one, give or take, if you want to blame that one on him, uh, the bears played pretty well at uh, a lot of times during this game. At the end of the day, though, they did lose a game where they were given four turnovers, uh, especially the one on the kick return. So it's tough to give them too much credit in that regard. Uh, the Lions really just needed to throw the ball deep all game, and they refused to do that until the last couple minutes. And then when they did that, all of a sudden they come back and they score 17 points in three minutes. So they needed to do that from the beginning. I didn't really understand why they weren't doing that, but they didn't. Uh, the run game, I would say, for the Lions was a rare positive this the split they got now between Gibbs and Monty, they have perfected it. They're doing it really, really well. It's for the most part Monty on first down, 50-50 on second down, and then Gibbs on third down. That's exactly how you have to play it. Both of them are playing really, really well. Outside of Amon Rod, they're the two best players on offense, not including the offensive line uh, for the Lions. But regardless, you have a, a miracle comeback win in this game. As much as I am upset with how the Lions played today and they should have played a lot better, uh, I think it's not a stretch to say they just straight up played bad today. Um, it says a lot about you in this league to have maybe outside of the Ravens game, have your worst game of the year and still escape with a win in the end. Now they're sitting at eight and two. We await to see what the Eagles are going to do tomorrow night. But if the Chiefs get a win, which they are favored in that game, the Lions are tied for first in the NFC. So they're in a good spot regardless. Yeah, I think you can really sum this game up with two statements the bad teams always find a way to lose and the good teams always find a way to win. Um, the Lions, they, like you said, Josh, 17 points in the final, like three or so minutes. That was disgusting to watch as a Bears fan. As soon as they scored that other touchdown or the first touchdown to JMO, it, it just felt like you've seen this movie before. Like they give up points. The offense goes really conservative. The very next drive, they end up going three and out. And then because Eberflus goes a very, conservative defensive approach they're able to just get chunk play after chunk play whether it's a run or just check downs underneath or even a little bit of some over the middle in between the linebackers it was really unfortunate the way that it uh unfolded but on the offensive side i was really impressed with how justin fields looked he made a lot of accurate throws on time in rhythm uh, he made a couple really nice off-platform throws rolling to his left and right outside of the pocket his touchdown pass to dj Moore, the way he stepped up into the pocket and through that it was 
absolutely gorgeous. That's the type of throw you want from a guy that you traded up to go get a few years ago. Uh, and he also ran for 100 yards as well on 18 carries, which was way more than I thought. But when you think back to it, there's a solid stretch in the second and third quarters where Getzi was running quarterback powers like every four to five plays, it felt like. Off rip, too. Yeah, they ran. That first drive. Yeah, they ran a lot that first drive. It worked, and Fields was just a better athlete on the edges a majority of the time. But coming down to it, uh, the throw to Tyler Scott looked like he let up a little bit and just – Ball was overthrown by a yard, but I think Tyler Scott could have ran the route a little bit better. And on the Hutchinson strip sack, I mean, Darnell Wright was was holding Darnell Wright. Darnell Wright was holding Aiden Hutchinson in check for a majority of the game outside of that one holding penalty and maybe one or two uncalled holds. But you, you get a little lucky sometimes. But for the most part, I was very impressed with how Darnell Wright was handling an elite edge rusher. But sometimes your good players just make really good plays. Props to Hutchinson getting past the rookie and just making a play to seal the game. Even if he didn't make that play and the Bears just got an incomplete pass, I don't really think you can guarantee they were going to go down and get a field goal because we, we've seen it before when the Bears are forced to pass, uh, whether it's play design or fault of the QB, whether it's Fields or Bajan, they have struggled to pass when they are forced to and when the defense knows you're going to pass. However, uh, I think the rest of the season is going to be all about if Fields is going to be your guy. And I think he this is a step in the right direction. If the season ended today, I think I would still take Fields and I'd go Marvin Harrison Jr. And I don't know with my other pick, but I think as of today, Justin Fields was my QB in 2024 and beyond. It's a, a switch up, but Bears were the better team for about 54 minutes in this game. Justin Fields, he played pretty well. Only 167-yard passing, but he had 104 rushing yards. Had another crack at a game-winning drive, and again, couldn't get it done. We've seen that a lot from him, sadly. Um, and just a lot of excuses being made for him from Bears fans now when at the start of the season they really said that there was no excuses for Justin Fields this year. So um, he played well, though. The defense played all right. They they dominated 54 minutes, but the Lions, the better team. And it's the classic, the old Lions team wouldn't win this game, but it's a new era. Dan Campbell's got him going. And they found a way to win. Uh, golf played pretty bad, but he had the chance to go down and win the game. And he did. Jameer Gibbs, he played a great game, 95 yards on 16 touches. The Lions, they really are going to have to figure out how to defend these mobile quarterbacks. They're going to want to do a better job against Fields next time. If they want to make a crack at a Super Bowl, they'll most likely have to go through a Philadelphia Eagles team that has Jalen Hurts, who's very lethal in the run game. So Lions need to figure that out, but Lions, they found a way to win. Yeah, a couple of things that I forgot to say. Like you said, Lions struggled mightily with running quarterbacks, have the entire Dan Campbell tenure. Uh, we've said it a couple of times on here. Lamar, they struggle with. Jalen Hurts, they struggle with. They struggle with Fields. Uh, and you just can't have that happen. Hopefully, I guess hopefully for the Lions' sake, maybe one of uh, the other teams can knock uh, the Eagles out of the – out of the playoffs for us. If the Lions get the one seed, or honestly, even if the Lions get the two seed, as long as they don't end up in a 2-3 situation or a 1-4 situation, uh, maybe one of the other teams can beat the Eagles. Another thing with the Lions that was a problem outside of golf, uh, the illegal contact penalties on third down, completely unacceptable. Some of them might have been a little cheap, but for the most part, they were pretty accurate. I had some gripes 
uh, with the officiating in this game, but for the most part, they made up for their calls. Uh, that was a horrible, disgusting, horrible PI in the first quarter, but it got made I up. I felt for that later they the kind of made up for both teams. I feel like there were missed yeah, calls and unnecessary calls on both sides. So I think it was I, relatively fair. I agree. They probably missed uh, Hutchinson punch, punting the football into the third deck. They maybe could have called that one, <laughs> but uh, I guess they didn't have a problem with that. But we can move on here if you guys have nothing left. Uh, I do want to, I did forget something as well. Jalen Johnson, he did have two dropped interceptions. I will say, I, I think I would still pay him because not many cornerbacks are in the position that he was in to even get his hands on a couple of those. It's just, you got to go the extra mile to finish those plays. We've talked about it, about the Lions pass rush before, but Jalen Johnson, you got to catch that. That's an opportunity to just flip momentum. Lions have a really long drive going down to the goal line, and then you drop that interception very next play. It's the Jameer Gibbs touchdown. Very nice play design on that, by the way, by future Bears head coach uh, Ben Johnson. But, uh, yeah, you got to catch that. That's that's a 14-point swing at least. And You're talking about the the uh, tackle in the slot, fullback motion play. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then that was, that getting was everyone something. going right, and you just toss it left to Gibbs. That, that, that was, was very beautiful. nice. But – yeah, Jalen, you got to catch those, but I, I'm still very confident in him as a cornerback one on this team. Yeah, if he catches yeah. the the one on the miscommunication with uh, Laporta on the choice route, the game's over right. there. Yeah. I mean, they they would have the ball like the 30. We would have been over. But... All right. right. I see J-Mo get a deep threat as well. Later yes, in the game. yes. Yes, that, that was, was a nice play design as well. Got the, the outside corner playing up on Amon Ra and then – Eddie Jackson being as slow as he is nowadays. Just are you scared J-Mo of JMO yet? Are you scared of JMO yet, Zach? Uh, I, never once was I not. not scared of him. I was always oh. joking because he only had one <laughs> career that's catch. Untrue. That's untrue. No, that's not true. I mean, I I said it before the season started, or at least relatively close to his first game of the year, where he could be like a, a thousand yard receiver year in and year out because of his skill set. We can go back and clip that throw it on the twitter whatever but uh he just needs the reps and him and amon Ra, especially with monty and gibbs very nice uh just skill position group especially with laporta coming in as well i think jmo will get a lot more looks now i know after the game uh mcdc was saying that he's part of the herd now so <laughs> hopefully that means he's guaranteed wide receiver too uh donovan people's jones was nowhere to be seen today in his first game but Regardless, they got the win. Yeah, it was his first game, so we'll see. But um, the Lions got – who the Bears got next week? The Lions got the Packers on Thanksgiving. We got Minnesota on Monday night, I believe. All right, we got an NFC North week. So that'll be fun to preview in a couple days here. But uh, moving on, AFC North, Steelers at Browns. Uh, The Steelers punted the entire first half of this game, every single session they had. Uh, Pretty embarrassing. If you're a Steelers fan, I mean – I've had some frustrating Lions teams to watch. I know you guys have had some frustrating of your teams to watch. I couldn't imagine watching this Steelers team. Having an, a defense elite as they do and just maybe the most pitiful offense. Well, that probably the most pitiful offense in the league. I, the, I don't know about statistics, but I would assume the Panthers probably have a better offense statistically. And the Cardinals probably do. <laughs> I don't know, man. It's pretty embarrassing overall. Uh, Jalen Warren had a big run uh, coming out in the second half. It seemed like it was going to propel the Steelers a little bit. The Browns didn't have much going on offense with DTR. Uh, Steelers defense played really, really well, but then 
end of the game, they let DTR drive down and win that game, which you just cannot do with a rookie quarterback against a veteran uh, head coach in Tomlin. You just cannot let that happen. I know it's not his fault, but regardless, you got to have a team disciplined and ready for that. It's This seems similar, not in like play style ways, but to, what was it, 2020, when the Steelers were like 8-0 and everybody's like, this is the most fraudulent 8-0 team of all time. They're 6-3, and 6-4 and four now, and they do not play like it whatsoever, especially on the offensive end. But luckily for them, uh, with Joe Burrow being out, the Bengals are likely now eliminated, and that just makes their path to the playoffs even easier. Yeah, and I mean, I said it before, the AFC wildcard picture, it's going to be very interesting how it shakes out because the Bills walked away with a win today to put themselves above 500. We'll get to that later. But um, it's going to be a very, very interesting thing to see how the Steelers play, especially with their just offensive inconsistencies like we saw. But they were playing a really great defense in Cleveland. Both offenses were playing a really good defense. I think both are probably top five, if I had to guess. But AFC North might have three top five. Yeah, that wouldn't shock me at all. But you mentioned it, Jalen Warren. He provided a lot of juice to start that second half. Nothing really amassed of it. Uh, George Pickens with only four catches, so I don't know if he's going to go on another Diva rant again. But on the Brown side, DTR played really well in a game that you don't really expect a young quarterback, late-round quarterback to play well in against a really good defense, divisional opponent. Even though it is at home, uh, the run game wasn't really there for them. So the the way that he orchestrated that final drive, I believe he was like four for five on that final drive and put him in field goal range for them to win it. That was really impressive in my eyes. But I don't really have much to say about this one. I didn't see a lot of the one o'clock slate games because I was too busy freaking out over the Bears somehow winning by double digits and then losing every single one of those points within the last three minutes. So, Yeah, it seems like the Falcons are the – Falcons. The Browns just signed Joe Flacco to their practice squad, so he could be their quarterback next week, possibly. I don't know. Um, very Love interesting it. that they went for Flacco over some other options, but it looks like Flacco's the guy. They lose Deshaun Watson to the season. He was able to play through that injury in the second half of that game last week and played very good, but it's been a rough year for quarterbacks, obviously. Joe Burrow, Deshaun Watson now, Anthony Richardson earlier in the season, Aaron Rodgers week one, Kirk Cousins, Daniel Jones, just a lot of season-ending injuries for QBs that are getting paid a lot of money. Um, just sad to see. DTR, he played all right. He dealt with a lot of drops, but was able to leave the game-winning drive with a minute 18 left. And Miles Garrett continues his attempt to go for deep boy, two sacks. One of them should have been a safety, but for some somehow the rest put the ball on like the inch-yard line. And then, I don't know if you guys saw the play where he picked up the Steelers' helmet. I, I did kinda hoping, <laughs> I kind of hope he would just like instinctively just go after someone, find Mason Rudolph somewhere. <laughs> Hit him in the head, but one of the sideline and throw it at him. Yeah, <laughs> this Browns defense is going to keep them in the playoff hunt no matter what. It's it's just so good, and if Joe Flacco can just be solid enough, they can they can find their way into like the six seed. But this um this for the Steelers, just you might have to look at options for someone else at quarterback next season. Kenny Pickett has just not been great. You got to move past Matt Canada as well. Jalen Warren, he's been great for you, but. It's just this offense isn't there. They need to find something. Um, and I, I mean, right now they're still sitting at a good spot to make the playoffs, but with how bad their offense is, they could lose some games. So nice win for the Browns. Their defense is going to keep winning them games. All right, moving on to a game here, which just makes you sigh. Chargers and Packers. I mean, 
how do you lose this game if you're the LA Chargers, man? Herbert wasn't fantastic, but I wouldn't blame him. Um, I know there's uh, honestly, like, I know people always are like, everyone always says that Justin Herbert doesn't win games and he's a bad quarterback. There's more people on like Twitter and social media that are just defending him and blaming the rest of his team than there are people who are blaming him. So that narrative doesn't make any sense to me, even though he hasn't won shit. What um, side are you his on? Receiver, what side am I on? Yeah. I don't know. This team is horrific, <laughs> man. This team is horrific. But honestly, I don't know what side to be on because, like, at the same time, like, if, if he was as good as people make him seem, like he's one of the best quarterbacks in the league, you can dig your team out of a situation. Even if your guys aren't playing well, you have the talent. And the defense wasn't horrible today. So, but at the end of the day, his receivers were dropping passes, even on like fourth downs. Keenan Allen was dominant, having a great season late into his career. So you love to see that. Jordan Love was also really, really good today. Uh, We said it in the preview. We said this is the chance for Jordan Love to be really good. If he's not going to be good against this defense, I don't know who he's going to be good against. And he was great. Um, I don't remember exactly. I think he had, what, three touchdowns, no picks or – Two touchdowns, yeah. some picks. I yeah, two and zero. Two no picks. But great game for him not having a pick. He distributed it, distributed it among multiple receivers. I think there was like eight or nine that had catches. Uh, but overall, good win for the Packers to move up to four and six, winning at home against a team that has a lot of talent and should be winning games. But I think this is mainly – the talking point here is mainly the Chargers. Um, you could not lose this game. You now moved to four and six especially when you have the opportunity, like we're going to keep referring to the Bengals dropping out of the playoff race here, but the Bengals dropping out just really opens that window for the Colts. I want to say the Texans, but I think the Texans are just going to be in regardless, but the Colts, the chargers, the bills, like those teams are going to have a shot now to get in with the Bengals getting out and you can't go and lose in green Bay to a Packers team. That's been playing so poorly. If you're trying to fight for one of those spots, And then we got our weekly Staley clip of him getting mad at one of the reporters and talking about how uh, he was like hyping up how he was calling the defense or something something like that. And he was saying like he believed whatever, like he kind of just seems like a prick uh, and he's done a pretty poor job coaching with everyone hyping him up to be this this genius that's going to go out there and take a bunch of risks and win games for his team. He has not done that. And this Chargers team is very, very disappointing. Yeah, for the Packers, they did walk away with the win, but they did lose Aaron Jones. We don't know the severity of that injury just yet. I know he was, like, carted off, I believe, in the second or third quarter, if I'm not mistaken. And A.J. Dillon in relief wasn't really anything special. So if Jordan Love and the Packers want to get anything going, it's going to have to be with Jordan Love's arm because losing Aaron Jones is so unfortunate. A.J. Dillon has been underwhelming in year, I believe, four now, I think it is. And their leading rusher was Jaden Reed. And he outcarried uh, or outgained A.J. Dillon with just one with one carry, and it was his touchdown run. So the Packers are going to have to find some sort of run game if they want to continue to stack wins and maybe have a chance at a wild card spot. But I don't see that happening with Jordan Love's limited ceiling. But he did play well today, so I'll give him that. On the Chargers side, I think Keenan Allen had a drop or something. Quentin Johnson on that final drive, he had a terrible drop. He looked like a certain someone from my high school going up with two hands trying to catch the ball. Milos, you'll know who I'm talking about. Uh, He looked very, very uncoordinated going up for that one. 
but Donald Parham was their second leading receiver. So they're really missing Mike Williams right now. They need yeah, a bad job though. Yeah, but they, they need another receiver to just help out Keenan Allen. He's out here having a revitalized career, it feels like, even though he's always been a great receiver with 10 catches at 116 yards and a touchdown. It feels like he's doing this every week, and it's really impressive. Uh, Austin Eckler, he looked a step slow on that one carry. I think it's kind of funny. But Justin Herbert was the leading rusher for the Chargers, 73 yards on eight carries compared to Austin Eckler's 64 yards on 10 carries. But outside of that, I don't have much else to say. Packers got to figure something out, at least running the ball, because A.J. Dillon is not it. Yeah, the Chargers need to get Josh Palmer back. I think he's still on IR. I don't know how many weeks he has left, but just a terrible loss. Staley, I say it every week, he's got to go. I don't care if it's right now. I don't care if they – It's he's just got to go, man. The defense, the last play, the touchdown, the touchdown to Dobbs, uh, defense was just completely off. They didn't know what they were doing. Dobbs just runs right past him. Um, and you just can't have that late in the game. You could have handed him the ball in the end zone. Uh, Keenan Allen played great. He had one bad drop, but 116 yards, 10 catches, a touchdown. And then Quentin Johnson had a terrible drop on a play that could have won the game for the Chargers. It's it's almost in between where I'm in the middle of Justin Herbert being a social media quarterback and him being a great quarterback because – I mean, he makes the plays. He has the arm. He just can't find ways to win. I just think Staley's one of the worst coaches, game management-wise, and the defense. But nice win for the Packers. They protect um, Lambeau. They played great. They spread the ball out. Dobbs had five catches for 53 yards. Watson had a touchdown. Jaden Reed had 92 total yards and a touchdown. It's nice to see them get their quick young guys involved. And if they can keep developing a connection, they could find, just keep winning games and keep looking good on offense. Like you guys said, Aaron Jones got hurt. Emmanuel Wilson also got hurt. They both got carted off. So knee and shoulder for Wilson, knee for Jones. But now that you want to see, they're going to have to rely on A.J. Dillon now. Like you said, Zach hasn't been great for him. But nice, nice late game heroics again from Jordan Love. He finds ways sometimes. But just really disappointing from the Chargers. Yeah, I mean, I was just thinking about this while I was while we were talking about this game. The Packers moving up to four wins. We get we always talk about how the AFC is all this star power and that they're so much better than the NFC, but there's more playoff spots up for grabs. It seems in the AFC than, than the NFC, like I mean, the, the NFC is the NFC is just the seven seed because the Seahawks are going to get in. The Cowboys are going to get in. So it's really just that seven seed. Yeah, that's fair. See. But like the, the wild card is wide open. In the AFC, all three spots are pretty wide open. Well, that's because there's been so many teams that have shown promise. Like we didn't expect the Texans to be what yeah, they are, CJ especially CJ Stroud, like coming in. Yeah. And I mean, the Bills. I think we all expected them to be like leading the AFC East, and the Dolphins to be contending for the five or six seed. But that's really that's flipped. The Bills are struggling to stay in the wild card race, or at least they have been prior to this week. But I just feel like we have more teams in the AFC that. Where some, I mean, obviously the Bengals had an injury, but they weren't playing Bengal football all season before that. I mean, you got so I'm going to throw them in here because they started off bad. Bengals, Chargers, Bills. I mean, that's three teams that were supposed to be really good. Under pretty disappointing yeah. seasons from all of them. Um, I'm trying to think of who else. Maybe uh, Broncos. I guess are getting better. And then you have teams like Jeez. the Steelers who aren't good, and they have better records than all three of the teams I just named. 
But, but I mean, how can we say that they're not good though? If they've got this record and they're still finding ways to win games, just, obviously they've got a an terrible team. offense. They they have a terrible offense, but I feel like you can't just say they're a bad team. They've got I, I don't know. Offense, I like you. You like the defense to see, is you, phenomenal. You like to say eye test though. Like, the eye I mean, test. The defense the looks like, like they stop Iowa people. Football. I was gonna say <laughs> Iowa football. I forgot to they're say they're literally that. Iowa. <laughs> and I don't think Iowa's good. I mean, they're yeah. in the Big Ten championship, but they're not. That's only because every other team in the West sucks. Do you see? I will talk about it on Tuesday, but the over under for I think that where they playing. It's Iowa, Wisconsin, maybe. I think the over-under is at, like, 25. That's <laughs> ridiculous. How is that lower than the over-under for the Iowa Northwestern game? That's crazy. It's, it's uh, I think it's Iowa Rutgers. It's the same as that. It's the record well. That's and just... power five. History. I guess it's kind, of, it's kind of fun because it's quirky, but, <laughs> but we'll, we'll move on here. Uh, Raiders and Dolphins. Uh, we were right about the Raiders hanging in there and that 12-point spread being too big. The Raiders did end up, did end up covering it. Um, we talked about it all week about how that was a dumb spread, and my dumb ass still just didn't even think about taking it. So that was a bad play by me. But uh, the Raiders just overall had too many stall drives. Listen to this: they had ten drives of twenty or less yards, and six of those ten, or sorry, six drives of ten or less yards. So that's just, that's just a ridiculous amount of bad drives for them. Uh, the Raiders' defense did play really, really well though. Holding Miami to two touchdowns is always going to be a positive, especially in Miami. So I'll give them credit. They've been playing really, really well since I don't even know since like what, like six, week six or seven or something like that. They've been playing really well. Uh, Miami came out of the bye and looked a little flat, which we didn't expect. We kind of expected them to come out of the bye and have something drawn up. You have all that talent. Guys got healthy. Um, but regardless, they're sitting at seven and three, uh, and they're not one of the teams that we're worried about for making the playoffs. Yeah, the like you said, Josh, they kind of came out flat out of the bye. Uh, in a game where this Dolphins offense, we've seen them go for 70 points before. They were kind of slow, and even in the slow game, Tyreek Hill still managed to get 10 catches, 140 yards, and a touchdown. It wouldn't shock me to see him. If him and Tua are both healthy and here next year, it wouldn't shock me at all to see Tyreek go for 2,000 in back-to-back years. I think we're at that point where we can say Tyreek, if he's playing the rest of the year, he's probably getting 2K this year. And unfortunately for the Dolphins, they did lose Devon Achan back to that injury. I, I believe he re-aggravated the same injury. He was limping off the field. So that's really unfortunate. Raheem Mostert still picked up the slack, got 86 yards on 22 carries. Tua was a little careless. I believe he – did he fumble? I know he had the interception, but did mm-hmm. he fumble? He fumbled. I, yeah, he fumbled as well. But luckily when you're a good team, you still beat the bad ones. Uh, I believe Devontae Adams found the end zone for the first time in a while as well. <clears throat> so that was nice to see. Josh Jacobs was kind of bottled up. Uh, held to under 40 yards on the ground. But outside of that, no one else really got significant carries. In AOC, Purdue legend, uh, three interceptions, but a defense that's been getting better and better every week who got Jalen Ramsey a few weeks ago. That's not too surprising from a rookie quarterback. And outside of that, I don't have too much else for this one. Yeah, another big game from Jalen Ramsey. Uh, three turnovers now, I think, in three games. Uh, he's been great for this defense, very good. And Tyree Kill continues his great season, just really dominates the Raiders most times he plays them. Good game from Tua, two turnovers, but did have two touchdowns of 300-plus yards. First loss of the Antonio Pierce era in Las Vegas. Uh, it sounds like that team is kind of just player coach now. They said um, basically the players just run the team at this point. So it's a very interesting experiment to see how that goes for them throughout the season. 
They don't have the greatest quarterback AOC. I love him. He hasn't been great three turnovers, but he's still young. He can still improve. Not much Josh Jacobs today. He got 14 carries, couldn't get much going, only 39 yards. And like you said, Josh, they really just couldn't move the ball on offense. But nice win for the Dolphins. They have the lead in this division, seven and three. Just got to keep winning. Yep, moving on here, Giants at Commanders. Tommy DeVito masterclass. He played phenomenal today. Uh, first time he's played really good. I mean, he's gotten so he's gotten so much hate uh, over the past few weeks. So it's about time that he uh, proves everybody wrong and goes and wins a game. Uh, this game is usually one that's a bit random. This one wasn't too random actually for these two teams. Um, these this is honestly just a, a case of bad teams just eating each other alive. Like, this is a situation where there's two bad teams, right? And you have the Giants who have three wins or two wins at the time, I think, or I don't know. But the Commanders could win this game and put themselves back in that hunt and continue there. I think they were the number one in the hunt team going into this week. Instead, the slightly worse team beats them, and now they're both fucked. So bad teams eating each other alive and putting themselves in the bottom here. Um, two out of the three Giants wins, I believe, now are the from the Commanders. So that's a, that's a something. Not Sam Howell's brightest moment today. He did not play well. Um, but that you're gonna have the like Sam Howell just seems like one of those quarterbacks that he's gonna have ugly games, but he's also gonna have games where he has three touchdowns and no picks and throws for 300 yards. And I think you're just gonna take that as a Commanders team that's been looking for a quarterback for quite a long time now. Um, Isaiah Simmons had a pick six that basically won them this game. Uh, so shout out Isaiah Simmons, former uh, Arizona Cardinal. I kind of forgot about that trade, but he showed up big for them today. And the Giants go and win a game. Uh, I believe I said it a couple weeks ago when we were previewing the Giants-Cowboys game, or it might have been for this game, that if the Giants ever want to win any games, they have to just pray that Saquon has like a nuclear performance. This was somewhat one of those days. He had 83 yards on the ground and only 14 carries. I believe he started out with four carries for negative six yards at one point, which was honestly funny for me to see because I was playing against him in fantasy, but he still had like 12 fantasy points because he had that receiving touchdown and he finished with two on the day, four catches and 57 yards. So Saquon was dominant today, which he really could be on any given day, especially like given the right matchups. And he really helped out Tommy DeVito. He played really well, but it certainly did not hurt to have an elite running back like Saquon right behind you doing everything he could to keep you afloat. Darius Slayton found the end zone for the first time this season, I believe. He had four catches for 82 yards, so it was nice to see him uh, come back after a few injuries over the last, like, four or five years. But I believe you said it best, Josh. This was not Sam Howell's brightest moment. Uh, Three interceptions. But Brian Robinson Jr., he was solid on the ground. He also led the commanders in receiving for the second straight week, seven catches for 58 yards. So it's nice to see that 50 cent is playing really well. And I, I really wish they would get Terry McLaurin more involved. I feel like their offense would flow so much better if they centered around their receivers. But given the fact that their quarterback, or I don't know if he is leading anymore, but coming into the week, he was leading in passing yards. You, you would hope that your receivers were like absolutely dominant, but they just haven't been this year. Yeah, I don't know if it's updated, but I think Brian Robinson is RB6 in fantasy football in a PPR league. That was coming it in this hit. week. That was coming in this week, and it yeah. probably went up a little bit, but 100%. he's been great. Um, Jack hit me up uh, halftime of that, or third quarter of that game about trading for him. That's crazy. <laughs> oh, yeah, of course. 
Um, he's been great in the receiving game, which has really surprised me. He's he's been great all year. He's really taken this backfield over. Antonio Gibson is getting phased out more, but he's just been incredible. Um, I talked about the Jameis comparisons with Sam Powell, and I, I just really see that he can come out and be on fire for a game, and then next game he comes out and delivers a stinker like he did this week. But um, still looks like the future. He needs to just develop. He has a great arm. He needs to learn consistency and staying calm. Don't get too cold. Uh, neither offense wanted to give their QB much time. I think the commanders had like five sacks in the first quarter alone, which is just wild. But Tommy DeVito legacy game came out, played great. Saquon Barkley, like you guys said, played incredible. And I saw a lot of Giants fans actually kind of angry they won this game. They wanted to stay really in the Caleb Williams, Drake May um, challenge. But nice win for the Giants, I guess. Commanders really, really sad. Ron Rivera's on the hot seat more and more um, opposite of what the Giants really wanted to do for the draft positioning, but they get the win. Their offense put up 30 plus points, which is surprising. So. All right, moving on here. Next game here, Cowboys and Panthers. Uh, Bland gets his fourth pick six of the season that will tie the record. He just needs one more to break that. Uh, that would be really cool to see. Uh, he's been having just a phenomenal year, especially with Trayvon Diggs out. Uh, so shout out to him for playing really, really well. Cowboys did their thing as a team, though. They've been really beaten up on these bad teams, as they should. Uh, they are one of the best teams in the NFC. They just happen to be in the division with probably the best team in the NFC. But if they can keep beating all these bad teams, there's going to be games that the Eagles lose, whether it's this week or if they blow a game to a bad team. There's going to be games they lose. So as long as the Cowboys keep beating up on these bad teams, they're going to be in a good spot. Panthers, on the other hand, just can't seem to get out of their own way. Uh, they're just in a really bad spot as an organization. They obviously do not have their number one overall pick. That will be the Bears pick, and they're probably going to be number one overall. So that'll be interesting uh, to see how that plays out for them, considering they're not going to have that pick, and they are probably the worst team in the league. So that's really, really bad. It looks like the Cowboys are probably just going to, once again, play the NFC South winner as they did last year, and they should easily win that game and move on. So, um, yeah, we'll see how it goes. But the Panthers are just in a tough, tough, tough spot. I don't have too much to say about this game. Uh, Cowboys, they did what they had to do. They looked dominant against an inferior team. Uh, Bryce Young against a really good defense, really good pass rush, struggled at times. Like you mentioned, Josh, the Deron Bland pick six. Uh, they did get somewhat of a run game going for Bryce Young. Chuba Hubbard and Miles Sanders each had 50 yards apiece on 10 and 11 carries, respectively. Uh, Adam Thielen, uh, he had a nice return after kind of a iffy performance on Thursday Night Football. He had eight catches for 74 yards today. But uh, CeeDee Lamb, he did, he was going after the record for most, game, most straight games with 10 catches and 150-plus yards. He did not get that today. He got six catches for 38 yards. And a touchdown, so that was pretty nice. Tony Pollard found the end zone, I believe, for the first time since week one, if I'm not mistaken. So it was nice to see him kind of produce to the level that we thought he was going to coming into the season. But it is against the Panthers, so take that with a grain of salt. Dak, he didn't turn the ball over. He was smart with the ball. That's all we needed from him. But, yeah, like you said, Josh, Panthers going forward, they just got to try and get as much experience for Bryce Young without getting him killed, especially without having that first overall pick or their first round pick next year, wherever it ends up being. But maybe they keep Adam Thielen next year and maybe years after just because he's got the rapport with Bryce Young. 
but Panthers are in a really rough spot. They have no first round pick. Their second round pick is going to be early, but it will. You're not getting a talent like uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. or even uh, Malik Neighbors as a receiving talent at the top of the draft. So maybe they find some gems and help themselves out. But outside of that, they're in a rough spot. Yeah, this Cowboys team just had way too much talent for the Panthers to really handle. Another pick six for Darren Bland. Bryce Young seems to have a pick six problem so far this year. Um, but just really doesn't have many weapons to throw to. He's got feeling, but this defense just overmatched him. Only 123 yards. He got sacked seven times, hit 10 times. Just, I mean, really not much Bryce Young can do. He needs to have some sort of time to see what the defense is doing, read the defense, but just got nothing there. Jay Glazer said on Fox that Frank Reich is currently the coach under the hottest seat in the NFL, which we've talked about this before. When you have a rookie quarterback, a young quarterback, going through multiple schemes early in his career is just not good for a team, but David Tepper really just doesn't seem to care. He's kind of just seems like an owner that wants to be a GM, but really should just stay out of it. He wants to be Jim Mercer, but he's just not. Um, but for the Cowboys, they played it safe. They didn't give up any sacks. They didn't have a turnover. They let Tony Pollard get going a little bit. Didn't let CeeDee Lamb just kind of take a step back. But just a nice one for the Cowboys. They established dominance in a game that they should win easily, and they did. All right, moving on here then to Titans and Jags. Just a hell of a dominating win from the Jags here. They badly needed it. They got killed last week. And... They go out here and they dominate a division rival in a game they absolutely had to win. Their offense finally figures it out. They were really, really, really good today. Uh, so shout out to the Jags offense. Their defense has playing, been playing phenomenal all season long. So they desperately needed to get this offense figured out. In the event that they can get this offense and defense figured out and on the same page, they can definitely be a team that could, dare I say, even compete for a Super Bowl. Their defense has just been legit all year, and we know that their offense has the potential. Ridley saw the end zone today. So if they could figure it out and get on the same page on the offensive end, this is a dangerous, dangerous team in the playoffs. Uh, Levis didn't really make many mistakes today. He had the fumble. He wasn't special, though. He didn't throw any picks, so it's good for him. But overall, we've been saying it since the start of this season. No matter who's at quarterback, even though it should and is – Will Levis, this team as a whole is just not talented whatsoever. So I don't really put the blame on Levis here. But yeah, huge, huge win for the Jags, who at seven and three now, I'm trying to just think off the top of my head, that's got to be what, third, third best record in the AFC? Tied for They're third? probably tied for third tied because with the Dolphins? Dolphins are seven and three. I don't know what the Chiefs are off the top of my head. Chiefs Ravens are seven, are seven and, and three. three. Okay, so they're tied Ravens for second, are eight. Ravens are eight and three. three. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Ravens haven't had a bye week yet. I think theirs is 13. So that could be huge for them. I mean, get Odell healthy, but we'll get to them on we'll get to them on uh Tuesday when we preview them for their next game. But Jags, they looked really good, like you said. Uh Calvin Ridley, welcome to the light. Uh this was his third actual NFL game this season. Uh I feel like week one, he really played well. And I think it was London where he played well. And then this this week. So Trevor Lawrence, he was really efficient, very surgical, 24, 32, uh, 75% uh, completion percentage. ETN was solid, caught a few out of the backfield. But Trevor Lawrence also had two rushing touchdowns as well. So that was nice to see out of him. On the Titans side, Derrick Henry, once again, a non-factor. But this is what we talked about a million times. We'll say it a million more times, probably next year as well. Derrick Henry is also on the Titans. 
you you get a big lead on the Titans, you take Derrick Henry out of the game. And with him being their best player, it just makes life so much easier for you when you can rely on him to not be a part of the game plan. DeAndre Hopkins did have that nice touchdown catch on the, I believe it was a double reverse maybe, back to Will Levis for the throw, if I'm not mistaken. But outside of that, DeAndre Hopkins only four catches. So he wasn't an extreme X factor in this game. But that's really all the Titans are. If you, They're going to play off of Derrick Henry. If you take him out, you got him beat. Good win for the Jags. They're moving up in the AFC. And hopefully, like you said, Josh, they might make a move for the Super Bowl soon. Yeah, nice one for the Jags. I said in the preview, I wanted to see Trevor Lawrence really show out this game. He only had two games this year with at least two touchdowns, and today he goes out and gets four. So that's that's what I wanted to see from him. Uh, he got the ball to Calvin Ridley for two touchdowns, seven catches, 103 yards for him. Um, this offense was just humming all game. They played great and got a statement win against a team that they should beat up on. Division rival, got it done. And for the Titans, Will Levis, they just couldn't get the ball moving enough. Uh, they did have two turnovers on offense. He had a nice passing touchdown to D-Hop and Jeffrey Simmons as well, surprisingly, got a touchdown in an appearance at fullback. So nice to see that. Derrick Henry, like you said, Zach, couldn't really get going, only 38 yards. But just a really good win for the Jags. They needed a dominant win against a team that they should have a dominant win against. So good win. All right, moving on here then to Cardinals at Texans. Uh, C.J. Stroud throws three interceptions, but – it doesn't end up mattering for this team. They go in there and they still beat a team they should beat, and they move themselves up to six and four overall. Houston did get completely shut out in the second half of this game, but like good teams do, when one side of the ball slows down, the other side picks up. Their defense did enough for them to win this game. Tyler has looked solid coming off this uh, injury, but this supporting cast just isn't good enough for him to really. Wow, I'm watching that Quinn Johnson drop again. That is tough, but. Um, but, yeah, Kyler's looked really, really good coming off of this injury, but there's nothing he could really do with this poor supporting cast he has around him. And I just love – I really just love to see this Texans team playing well. Their playoff chances definitely shot up with a win today. Sitting at 6-4, and four, just trying to do quick uh, quick analysis in my head. That's got to put him at, what, the sixth seed maybe? I'm trying to think. Wild, wild card. Six or the seven, definitely. Yeah, six or the seven. But regardless er, – no, the Steelers are six and four now too. Yeah, Browns the are Steelers, seven and so. three. Browns are seven and three. Yeah. Yeah. So they're probably yeah tied for six. But uh, regardless, huge for them. Uh, they're going to be probably going to be in the playoffs, barring a collapse. So I, I mean, I love to see rookie quarterback C.J. Stroud having a tough game, but his team still doing enough around him to go and get this win when he has a tough game. Like I said, that's a mark of a good team, and I would just like to see this team get in the playoffs and see what they could do. Uh, this Cardinals team, we talked about it earlier this year when they had Josh Dobbs at quarterback. They look like a really well-coached team, and they're going to win some games that they probably shouldn't. They were in this game the entire way. Part of it was C.J. Stroud kind of just ripping passes that he probably shouldn't, maybe get a little bit uh, humbled after the outstanding start he's had to the season. Kyler Murray has definitely changed the run game for the Cardinals. Having his legs is just so dynamic for this team. Uh, I'd really like to see him get Marquise Brown involved a lot more as wide receiver one of this team. Uh, but if the Cardinals keep winning games, they're going to lose out on a really good receiver prospect in Marvin Harrison Jr. to pair up with Marquise Brown. So I, I know Kyler obviously wants to win a lot of games because he's a very good quarterback. But outside of that, I don't have much else. 
there's a lot of good receiving weapons up there in the draft. So, I mean, I wouldn't blame them for winning neighbors, uh, Keon Coleman. There's just, there's a lot of guys they could go get. And Rondell Moore's looked very good so far this year. He only had one catch today, but it was over the top, got the touchdown to start the game. Uh, I just love seeing Kyler Murray be back. He's hasn't really been afraid to run the ball 51 yards on the ground. He had two touchdowns passing and a pick. This played great. James Conner, his second game back as well this year from the injury earlier this year, uh, 62 yards. And I just love what um, Jonathan Gannon's doing there in Arizona. I saw someone on Twitter saying it's kind of starting to give off like Dan Campbell vibes where they're not winning the games, but they're starting to develop a culture. They're playing hard. They play all 60 minutes and they're just a gritty team. And I, I agree with that. Um, just building a good connection. I think Kyler Murray should be their quarterback for the future. Uh, but for the Texans, CJ Stroud, they just, they got a star, man. Uh, they got a Hail Mary that lost him the first overall pick in Bryce Young. And CJ Stroud has just been better than Bryce Young. Uh, yeah, he said after the game that Steph Curry doesn't stop shooting even though he misses. And so he's going to keep taking those shots um, down the field. Had the deep throw to Tank Dell, who's been incredible this year. Uh, eight catches, 149 yards, and a touchdown for him today. But another just surprising part about this Texas team, De Devin Singletary, 22 carries, 112 yards. He's been very good on the ground for them. Uh, and on the defensive side of the ball, we saw Will Anderson get involved today. He had an unfortunate face mask call that was kind of gifted to him, but had a sack in the game, so nice to see. Yeah, I mean, the Texans should probably say a few Hail Marys that they didn't end up getting that first overall pick and took Bryce Young, even though Bryce Young probably would have been better in this situation regardless, but it's still not a horrible situation, or it's still not a great situation. Uh, Tank Dell was phenomenal today, too. He's been just great for them. Uh, but moving on here, Bucks at 49ers. Uh, the Bucks just didn't have the star power for the 49ers. We said going into the game, this is going to be a tough game for them. Maybe they can hang in there. Maybe they couldn't. They were in there for a little bit. They were rolling with the punches, but it got to a point where it was like, yeah, the Niners have to really choke for them to lose this game. Uh, this is back-to-back -back pretty straightforward, easy wins for the 49ers uh, after this three-game skid that they had uh, a couple weeks ago. So it's good for them to get back. Uh, we'll talk about it a little later, but with the Seahawks loss, they do move back into sole possession of first place in the NFC West. Uh, which is huge for them. That also means the three seed currently in the NFC. And Purdy is just back in business. He has his weapons now, and he's back to being the Purdy that we were all praising earlier in the season. Yeah, this 49ers team, they they honestly have just been dominant since their bye week. Uh, that's what they needed to do, especially after that three-game skid, like you mentioned, Josh. But one guy I'm really impressed with, Brandon Ayuk, such an underrated wide receiver coming into this year and honestly still not getting enough praise, even with some downright dominant performances this year. Five catches for 156 yards and a touchdown. One of those catches was that 76-yard touchdown, I believe it was. He He's just been phenomenal. Great route runner, great hands catcher, can really use the body too if he has to. He complements Debo really well, and especially being surrounded by CMC and Kittle. That certainly doesn't hurt either. Uh, Brock Purdy, he could be putting himself back into the MVP discussion if the Niners continue to win at this rate. But like you mentioned, Josh, the Bucs, they just don't have the talent to keep up with a team like the Niners. Uh, Baker was okay. He threw an interception, one touchdown. That touchdown was to Mike Evans. He found the end zone again. Uh, Kate Otten, once again, kind of just commanding a decent amount of targets as a safety blanket for an inconsistent quarterback. Rashad White found the end zone on the ground. But Bucks, they gotta start looking towards the draft, if I'm being honest. Four and six and 
at minimum two games out of the seven seed, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, they're tied with Green Bay, the Rams, and the Falcons all at four and six. And Seattle being the seven seed at six and four. It's not looking great for really any of the NFC teams who are not currently in playoff position. So San Francisco, like you mentioned, Josh, they they're cementing themselves at the top of the NFC West and they're looking good going forward. Yeah, I still think they definitely have a shot at the division, though, because that division is just brutal with the Saints at five and five and Falcons at also four and six. But this 49ers team is just too much for the Bucs to handle. Like you guys said, Brock Purdy back on track 100 percent, 333 yards, two touchdowns, no picks. Just dominant. CMC found the end zone early on the first possession. He finally had a game without a touchdown, and he gets one early receiving touchdown. And like you said, Zach Ayuk looked great. It was nice to see on the defensive side of the ball for the 49ers. All three of their good pass rushers get involved. Chase Young got his sack. Nick Bosa and Eric Armstead both got a sack. Nice to see that defense starting to hum. And for the Bucs, they, again, couldn't get the run game going with Rashad White. Baker played all right, but this 49ers team, when they're healthy, is just dominant. A lot of teams can't handle it. And they were great both offensively and defensively, and this Bucs team was unable to keep up. Yep. All right. Moving on here to Jets and Bills. Uh, the Jets and Zach Wilson just had nothing for the Bills. Finally, the Buffalo Bills go and beat a team they should. Uh, it's about time. It's been six weeks or seven weeks since that's happened. This is a game the Bills absolutely needed to win. They went out there and got it at home, and they looked really, really good throughout. Josh Allen was much better today. He only had one pick, uh, opposed to what he's been doing the past few games, which he just has not been great. He's been, I don't want to say completely losing games for this team, but he has not been great. And the Jets, on the other hand, I know the report came out today that if the Jets are in playoff contention and what they said, like week 16 or 17, that Rodgers would come back. That doesn't seem to be the case now, sadly, which – we all wanted to see if he could do it and come back this season. He's going to come back next season regardless. And I think if you're a Jets fan, if he can come back week 16, I think you feel pretty good coming into week one next year, considering he'll have months and months of time that he could have been on the field, uh, that he will be just resting and getting ready for the upcoming season. I know it sucks to do that whole off season of let's get Aaron Rodgers. We have a great defense. And then you go through this whole season of like, damn, maybe we'll get him back. Maybe we won't, whatever. And it sucks to just waste this whole season of a great defense. But regardless, if you can keep this team together for the most part on the defensive end, work on building up that O-line in the draft and the offseason and putting Rodgers in an even better spot next year, I think that's it's going to be okay in the long run for them. Next year will probably be their year to be competitive, uh, but it does suck. I do wish we could see if if he can do it and come back. I mean, I wouldn't rule them out just yet. Their defense is really good, and if Zach Wilson can just play really any better than he did today, maybe we'll see them steal a couple games that they shouldn't win. But in order to do that, they got to get a run game. They had no sort of run game in this game. They Their leading carrier was Brees Hall, who had 10 carries for only 23 yards. That's just not going to cut it. But Brees Hall was luckily very effective through the air, five catches for 50 yards and that touchdown. But on the other side of things, the Bills, they – they were just were the better team. James Cook was nice on the ground. Latavius Murray, Latavius Murray, excuse me, was also really solid as well in those third and short situations. Josh Allen, he did have that one interception, but other than that, he kept the ball safe and sound, kept it in his own hands, and played really well. Khalil Shakir found the end zone on a really, really, really nice catch and run touchdown. Uh, Dalton Kincaid brought in another six catches to 
just increase his season total. He's been really good as a first-round pick this year, someone who we didn't expect to get a lot of snaps, especially sitting behind Dawson Knox coming into the season. So it's really nice to see him get going. Leonard Floyd, former Bears legend, uh, two and a half sacks on the day. So that's really nice to see. And, yeah, Josh Allen, just good for him, just keeping the ball safe, especially after they probably should not have lost week one to the Jets. So good to see that he flipped the script and kind of just gave it to him. Yeah, first game after the firing of offensive coordinator Ken Dorsey in the offense. Play all right, 32 points, 293 yards, only one turnover, but it was on a Hail Mary. So take that how it is. Um, Bills, offense, they don't have the bad turnovers. They seem to play solid, but they seem to have them more often than not. Uh, Their defense did pick up a couple more injuries. Hopefully, Teron Johnson and Taylor Rapp are okay after a scary collision. This Bills defense really can't afford too many more injuries. They they already have lost um, linebacker. Uh, they've lost Davis White. Just got to stay healthy. And for the Jets, the offense was just abysmal. 0 for 11 on third downs, four turnovers. And even if Aaron Rodgers were to get healthy in this season, I couldn't understand putting him in with this offensive line. And he's 39 years old with an Achilles injury. I, I, I wouldn't understand that. This offense, maybe Nathaniel Hackett is part of the issue, but do you get rid of him and hurt your chances at keeping Aaron Rodgers next year? I don't know. But this Jets defense, they're great. Uh, it just sucks that this offense is just that bad. Yeah, it does suck. I, I would love to see uh, the Rodgers come back, but it does seem like we're not going to be able to get that. Uh, moving on here, though, to our last game of this episode, we're going to be recapping Seahawks and Rams. This was a weird game where – I know that McVay kind of owns Pete Carroll for the most part. Uh, the Rams were favored in this game uh, by like two and a half, I think. I know it was one for most of the week, and then right around towards kickoff, it shot up to two and a half, uh, which is convenient considering they would have covered one, didn't cover two and a half. But uh, the Seahawks did lose this game. Tough loss for the Seahawks, though, in, in a situation where the Niners are starting to get hot again. You're losing a grip on this division. Oh, that's got to be a late hit. It was But – um. They're losing a grip on this division, and you miss a field goal late to lose this game. Now they're sitting a game back from San Fran. Uh, both quarterbacks got banged up in this game, though. Drew Locke was in for a minute. I don't think Stafford missed any snaps, but uh, there was a couple times where he was down for a minute. So that hurts. Another injury, Cooper Cup. That really hurts for the Rams. Big injury week, it feels like, in the NFL, but that's just the way she goes sometimes. Do you, if you're a Seahawks fan – you're still going to be a wild card team regardless. If you look at the NFC, even though I was saying earlier about how yeah, there's way more spots open in the AFC than the NFC, uh, there is less spots open in the NFC, but there's also a lot of teams that are just have no chance of competing. So you look at the league, unless you have a massive fall off and lose a ton of games coming up here, uh, and then the, the NFC South teams like win a ton of games or – I don't even know. That's really the only situation where it works out. But they're going to be in the playoffs regardless. Then they, I'm pretty sure two of their next three are against San Fran. So you got to win one of those if you're them, especially with this uh, going down one game here. And we have, we get Seahawks and uh, Seahawks and Niners on uh, Thanksgiving night game, which just looking forward a little bit to the uh, Thanksgiving games here. We get Lions Packers in the opener. Hopefully. <laughs> Hopefully that's not going to be an entertaining game, but maybe it will. Who knows after this week with the Lions. We get Cowboys-Commanders in the second game. 
also kind of sucks. Kind of a similar situation to Lions, uh, Lions Packers, honestly. And then we get, like I said, Seahawks Niners in the night game, which I feel like it's been a while since we've had a really good night game on Thanksgiving. So I'm happy it worked out that way, and I'm very excited for that game, and I will be rooting for the Seahawks. I don't know if you mentioned it earlier when you were going through the injuries in this game, but K-9 also did get hurt. He had right, oblique, right. He had that oblique injury, so we got a heavy dose of Zach Charbonnet. Uh, I believe he had six catches, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, him and JSN both combined for nine total, six for Zach and uh, three for JSN. Uh, Tyler Lockett and DK each brought in five apiece. DK found the end zone for the first time in a little while, so that was nice to see. Uh, Jake Bobo, only one catch, unfortunately. Wish we could have seen a little bit more of him. I think may, I think that might have been the reason why they lost. But regardless, uh, losing Cup did not slow down the Rams that much. They didn't have much going on with him in the game in the first place. Uh, Puka then took over the wide receiver one duties, finished with five catches for 70 yards and one touchdown after Cup went down. Uh, Daryl Henderson was a just lackluster effort out of the backfield, six carries for only one yard, and that was for a touchdown. But outside of that, I don't have too much to say about this one. Seahawks Niners is going to be interesting on Thanksgiving, but I always love all the football games on Thanksgiving because it's one of the best holidays of the entire year. Yeah, Seahawks had a chance to win this game. Gino was out for a while and then comes back for the game-winning drive. Back-to-back weeks, he put his team in a position to win the game. Sadly, Myers could not come through this week on the field goal. But Geno Smith found a way to put him in that position. He's looked great in the fourth quarter. Like you said, Zach, sadly, K-9 got an injury early, but Charbonnet looked all right. For the Rams, Matt Stafford, I mean, multiple times he's on the down on the ground. I thought we were going to get to see some Carson Wentz, who I don't know if he talked about in the preview, but signed with the Rams. Um, and him and Stafford seem to be good friends now, but... I thought it was going to be Carson Wentz time, but Matt Stafford was fine and led a classic Matt Stafford game-winning drive that we've seen so many times. Puka Nakua, like you said, Zach, continues to be great. Five catches, seven yards, and a touchdown. This Rams team is just sneaky good. They're going to win games. and uh, For the Seahawks, it's a game you wanted to have to stay with the 49ers, but you get a chance to get revenge on that on Thursday night and put yourself right back up top. All right, so that will about do it for episode 26 here, the week 11 recap. We'll be back at it recording Tuesday night, uploading on Wednesday. In that episode, we'll recap this past week of college football, like uh, Mike talked about earlier, Jordan Travis injury, some other stuff that went on this week in college football. We will also discuss the Sunday night football game from this week in the NFL, as well as the Monday night football game. And then at the end, we will get into previewing the week 12 for uh, the NFL, which is a week with no bye week. So that will be 16 games that we'll be previewing in that one. Um, But that is about it for this episode. As always, leave a like, subscribe, follow us in the description. Our Spotify is in the description as well. So if you prefer an audio format, you can listen on there. And uh, until next time, we'll see everybody in the next one.